Good morning. It's good to see that we do have some visitors today. We're tickled to have you with us, especially since we're, we have a lot of our own number out of town. I don't think they picked up and decided to go out of town since I was filling in preaching this morning, but they may have. At least, at least I, uh, with a little smaller number, maybe I won't hurt as many people's ears. But if you'll, if you'll be patient with me, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll have a short lesson this morning. And uh, maybe we can get something good from it. A few weeks ago, I think maybe it's four Saturdays ago, I turned on the news and, and they were showing a parking lot full of bullet-ridden cars. There's holes all in them. It was at a, in front of a, a hotel room. And they were saying something about a fellow shooting out of it. Well, I didn't hear all of it, so I looked it up and uh, online. And they was a... a, a uh, a posting from the Herald Leader that told the story. So I'm going to read that now. A Kentucky man was charged over the weekend after he allegedly fired shots out of a hotel window and told the police he was trying to shoot aliens. It's according to the Richmond Police Department. Gunfire was reported at 3.27 a.m. Saturday at a hotel on Keeneland Drive near Interstate 75 in Richmond. Officers responded and discovered shots were being fired from a hotel window. Patrons in the hotel were evacuated. The Richmond Police Emergency Response Unit was called to help with a man who was inside the room with a female who had locked herself in the bathroom. Samuel Riddle, a 55-year-old Waco resident, resident, was eventually apprehended. Mr. Riddle told police that he observed aliens in the parking lot and was shooting at them. Yep. It used to be that you would hear of alien sightings pretty often. I really hadn't heard anything like this in a while. But, but you know, it used to be it just seemed like every little bit you'd hear about somebody saying they had saw an alien. They'd seen little green men or, or they'd been zapped up into a flying saucer and they took blood samples and zapped them back down. You know, you'd hear this crazy stuff all the time. So I want to ask you something. Have any of you all ever seen an alien? Gary shaking his head, no. You're wrong, Gary. You're, you've, you're seeing an alien. I've been one since kindergarten. Now, I heard Marla snicker back there, even wearing a mask all the way from the back. She's known all along I was an alien. She used to sit right behind me up here. Time I got to second grade, I had moved three times, three different schools. I was a stranger in every one of those places. That, and I'm not talking about a space alien, of course. That's what evidently that guy was, was thinking. That word alien is from the Latin alienus. It's belonging to another. A stranger. You belong somewhere else. You, you're, you, you don't, you're not a resident of that, of that place. By second grade, I, tra- I was in my third school at the end of fourth grade, my parents decided they wanted to move back to Kentucky because I, I don't tell everybody this, I was born in Ohio. So now you really know I'm an alien, right? I came back here, started fifth grade, great big, real pasty looking fellow with, with really kinky, coarse, kind of strawberry blonde hair, and I wore glasses about that thick because I'm blind. I was a four-eyed buckeye. Every one of them kids there has. That's a four-eyed buckeye. So I was an alien, really, there. I was a stranger. I was from somewhere else. 
you forget as you get older that feeling that you have at that. Unless you do like, I'm sure Danny feels that way. Have you ever flown somewhere where English isn't what they speak? Kathy and I, several years ago, took a vacation. We went to Mexico. When we got off the plane, no one was speaking English. I don't understand any Spanish. And there's a whole lot going on. The signs were in Spanish. But if you look close, there, was enough, there were enough English-speaking tourists come through there that at the bottom was some English. So you could go over there and read that and figure out what that was. Kind of like, you know, we see today, there's, there's a lot of Spanish at the bottom of our signs for all the Spanish people. I kind of have a, 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 a greater appreciation for people that come from a different country that don't know where they're going, that don't know the customs, that don't speak the language, uh, don't know how to get where they think they need to go. Yeah, I have a, a, a newfound appreciation for people that are, that are brave enough to do that because it's, it's a little scary to be in a place. When we were there and, and when we started towards the door to get us a taxi to go to our hotel, um, all these people come shouting at us, all of us trying, you know, trying to encourage us to ride with them. And you never really understood if they understood where you were telling them you were wanting to go. So, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit, you know, you're at least apprehensive when you're there. So I'm going to ask you something. Do you ever have that kind of feeling? Like you're an outsider. That you don't really fit where you're at. You feel out of place. Or are you pretty comfortable? Fit in pretty much anywhere as you go. I want you to think about that feeling. Are God's people supposed to fit in? There's an interesting thing that's said there in Leviticus when God is telling the Israelites how they're supposed to divide up the land. They divided that up in by tribes, by families, and, and they really didn't own the land. Their family did. They kind of leased it, and they could sell it, but they would have years of jubilee. They had to, somebody had to give it back. And after he's telling them all about that, he make, the Lord makes this statement. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. They were aliens. They were travelers with God. Alienated from the world and traveling with God. I think that's what Christians, what God's people need to recognize that's uh, what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be those aliens traveling with God. One of the best examples from that we read from the chapter of faith in Hebrews 11. And we'll start in verse 8 and read a little bit there about Abraham and Sarah. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. You know, God told him to leave his, leave his family and just take off. And he didn't know where he was going. You just go, and when I tell you to stop, stop. And I tell you to move, move. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, 
and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she was judged because she judged him faithful who had promised therefore sprang there even a one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky and the multitude and the sand which is by the seashore innumerable verse 13 these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country and truly if they've been mindful of that country from whence they came out they might have opportunity to have returned but now they desire a better country that is an heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city God's people are to belong to a different world a different country a heavenly one a spiritual one well you can say well you know that's spiritual but now we live here in the world and this is physical can we have a dual citizenship well we're here but we don't really need to be counted as citizens of here God is, is, is a jealous God he expects us to be Christians his children and not to be worldly James 4 4 statement is made you adulterous people do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God he uses that word adulterous in other words you're you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in you've not been faithful we have to be we have to be either of the world or we have to be of God Luke 16 13 says no servant can serve no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God in money or man as it says in that in the old King James in other words your possessions you can't serve God in possessions the things that you have here physically the things that the devil has a lot of influence on so if we're not supposed to fit in and we can't have dual citizenship. We need to count ourselves as citizens of God's heavenly kingdom. How do you fit in? Only you can answer that. How do you feel, fit in with most of the social views that we have today? Social drinking. I'm not going to do a lot of scriptures because we've, we've talked about What I really want you to think about is, is how do you feel about those things? Do you fit in with those? You say, oh, no, I don't drink. What about people around you? Does it bother you? Do you? When you see somebody, if you go out to eat with somebody and they decide, as it is now, you can pretty much order a drink anywhere you eat around here, that they want a drink, are you comfortable? If somebody comes up to you at a ball game or something and they're drinking, do you want to hang around them? Have you come to accept that? Is that something now that you feel comfortable with? Do you fit in with those people? Or do you feel like, man, I, I'm a little bit of an alien in this thing. I don't fit in with this group. So many of the people, so many of our friends, our neighbors, their ideas about God's plan for marriage, they don't think nothing of living together. Just live together. How do you, have you got, you know, at one time, if somebody you knew that you was kind of friends or your neighbor did that, that's kind of 
Ooh, that didn't feel too good to be around them when they were obviously living in sin. But have we grown used to it? Do we just not really think much of it anymore? All the stuff that's coming up on us now that, you know, this alternative lifestyles, these same-sex marriages, all the things that come along now, does that really make us feel not a part of this world? It should. What about gambling? It's, well, I wouldn't play poker and gamble. I wouldn't do that. Or I wouldn't gamble on a ball game. More and more people accept that. All these things that we've been talking about, a lot of religious people accept social drinking. They accept living together. They accept alternative lifestyles. They accept gambling. You know, you can decide how far that goes. Do you buy lottery tickets? Do you buy chances at charity things? All these things that we see in our lives that are, are social things, do you, do you fit in with those people that believe that? Many of the things that we've seen in the last few years that's come from some of the big cities, I can tell you right now, those things are foreign to me, and I hope they are to you. I feel really like a four-eyed buckeye when I watch what people do sometimes in some places and some of the things that they say as being the standards. We have to be careful that we don't let those things in our lives to the place that we grow accustomed to them, that we feel comfortable around them. Do you fit in with everybody at work? People we work with a lot of times do things that a Christian shouldn't do. Yeah, and maybe it's just simple as, you know, they fill out their time card wrong. They, they kind of steal a little time. Or they cheat a little bit on this. Or if they need a few of this, whatever this is, and it's just a small thing, we buy them by the drums full. I'll just take a few of them home. Titus 2 9 says, Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well pleasing, not arguing, not pilfering, not stealing, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8 says, Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with goodwill as unto the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever any Whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. We're not supposed to steal. We're not supposed to uh, just do things to be seen of the boss, kind of look good, but not really do all of it. Just a, just a people pleaser doing the way of eye service, kind of looking like we're doing our job, but really not. We see that. Do we fit in with those people? Or when the boss comes by, does he recognize you as something special? Someone that he can depend on that if he tells you to do something, you'll do it. He don't have to think, well, he just kind of did what it looked like it needed to be done. Don't have to worry about him. You can give him $1,000 worth of material and tell him to go somewhere. So he's not going to hide some of it and steal it. He's gonna, he's, he's, he is a, one that is, um, how, did, how was that put there? Showing all good faith that it said there in Titus. One that that did it as unto the Lord. In other words, he did everything he, done, he does in his job 
as if he was doing it for Christ. Wouldn't cheat, wouldn't steal, wouldn't just do it halfway, would do it the very best he could do it. That's the way we need to be. But when we're at most places where we work, most people aren't that way. Do you fit in there? Or are you a pilgrim in that group? Somebody just passing through, somebody that, that is uh, uh, alien to that kind of actions. Well, if the boss tells you to do something that you shouldn't do, Well, if he tells you, phone rings, and Joe complainers on there, and he speaks to, he wants to speak to the boss, and you tell the boss, he tells you, tell him I'm not here. Would your boss feel like he could tell you that? He'd tell most employees that. Do you fit in with that group? Will you do it just because the boss told you to do it? That's something that's distasteful for a Christian to be doing. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We have to be careful. We've got to make sure we don't fit in, even though we're with those people all the time. Let's make sure we don't fit in. What if in business somebody asks you to do something illegal? So well, nobody's ever asked me to do that. Anybody tried to get you to um, take cash instead of a check for business or want you to pay in cash? I mean, most of the time that's so they can beat the, the taxes so they don't have to pay taxes. But do you feel all right beating taxes? Most people think that's just common. They don't think nothing of it. That's just something that they would do every day. Well, yeah, if you can do that, do that, yeah. Do you fit in with that? I mean, we live in a world we have to deal with stuff like that every day. But do you feel, fit in with that? Or do you feel a little uncomfortable in situations like that? Do you stand out as being different when it comes to business, when it comes to the things that are a little questionable for a Christian to be doing? Does it bother you? Are you different? Or do you fit in? What about school? Those of you that are still in school, you fit in with everybody at school? With what they wear? The languages that they use? Do they look at you funny if you have to leave something, some kind of event or to go to church? Do you feel different because you're not allowed to do some of the things that they're allowed to do? If you do, good. Because you are supposed to be different. You're not supposed to be like all the rest of the world. I think many times, I can still remember, even though how old I am, I can still remember what it felt like to be a kid and not be able to do some of the things that other kids did because my parents didn't think they were right for us to do it. If you're not real careful, you'll be more worried about what other kids think about you that you, that you are different than them than worrying about that God thinks that you're different from them. It's much better that God recognizes that you're not like all the rest of the world, that you are a follower of his. There's something wrong if we don't feel that kind of a, a feeling, whether we're talking about school or anything else in our lives.
Do you fit in with your friends? This could be young, old, whatever. People that you meet, people maybe you go fishing with, or people that you do whatever with, go to ball games with. When they tell off-colored jokes, when they're telling some kind of juicy bit of gossip that they've heard from somebody, when they want to go to movies, and the movie isn't such a good movie to be watching, do they recognize that you're different when it comes to those kinds of things? Or by the fact that you're just kind of not saying a whole lot, do you appear to approve? We're supposed to be different. We don't need to fit in. In the chapter that Kent studied, I guess it was just last week, 1 Peter 4, says, With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. Things that people just pretty much in our society today think are just great things to do, they're not a problem. Why would anybody think that was something? They don't understand why you won't keep on doing the same things. They don't understand why you're, you're standing firm on being different. Are you different? Do you feel different when you're in those situations? First Peter 2, verse 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. That's the King James. The ESV calls them sojourners and exiles. That's the way we need to, to remember that we are traveling through this life. This is not our permanent abode. It's not where we want to plant our citizenship. We want to be in heaven with God. We went through two or three things this morning. Just wanted you to really think about whether you fit in or not. Do you fit in with people that have moral standards of today? That have the social opinions of what's right or wrong? Do you fit in with people that you work with and that you do business with? Do you fit in with your schoolmates? With your friends? Are you comfortable with them? Do you feel just like one of them? But the biggest question is, do you fit in with Christians? Do you feel a part of God's church, God's body, his family? Or are you ill at ease with other church members? Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're not an alien when you're in the church. When you're in with God's people, you're one of them. You're citizens with that country. Sometimes I think people are put off with getting real close to other Christians because they're afraid they might be judged in how they live their life. Well, you're kind of judging yourself at that point. We're all supposed to help one another. Our goal is for all of us to get to heaven together. Romans 12, 10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. We shouldn't be afraid of our fellow Christians knowing too much about us. We ought to prefer one another. We ought to be the people that are looking to help one another, 
be the people that you go to when you have a problem. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to be the kind of people that we edify, we build each other up, we help each other get to that home in heaven. It's the one place that we shouldn't feel like an alien, an outsider. And the only reason, only the, the way to help us do that is to be like it says there, don't neglect to meet together. Try your best to be at, at the services, to take part in the services. Because that's the only way that you'll grow and it's the only way that you'll become one of God's children. We're all on a journey to somewhere. Back in the psalmist says in Psalm 39, 12, says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner as all my fathers were. We need to travel with God. And how we do that is by being one of his. As we read back there in Hebrews 11 when we first started, these all died in faith, talking about these people that had traveled with God, not having received the promises, but have seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they've been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they may have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Are you looking for a better country? Are you happy with this one you're in now, this world? Do you have a desire to be a citizen of a heavenly country, a spiritual one that will last forever? Do you believe, as Abraham and these other people did, in God's promises, that if you're faithful to him, that, that he will save you? Have you confessed that you're just a pilgrim here on earth? That you're not a person that's looking to put all of his treasures here. Instead, that he's working towards that heavenly home. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Baptism is where we bury that old body, that old citizen, and we raise a new one, one, that's, one that is heading to that heavenly country, that heavenly home. If you believe and you're ready to repent, confess, be baptized, and be an alien, a stranger, a pilgrim, a sojourner, a soul traveler with God, for the rest of your life, you can be that. You can, you can have that home in heaven. You can be a citizen of that new country. If you started to travel with God, you were baptized. You started to travel with God. But you're too comfortable in the world that you live in now, in this physical world. You fit in too well. You're kind of like what we mentioned there. You were mindful of the country that you left. You've stopped being that alien 
that co-traveler with God. You're fitting in with everyone else. You need to think about that. You need to return to him. You need to confess that, that, that you've felt fallen away, that you've not been living right. And be that person that's a co-traveler with God on that way that's heading to heaven. If there's anything that we can do for you, please come forward as we stand and we sing.